What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Rock stars. Rock stars. Girls lacrosse. Rock stars. Girls lacrosse. The Rockstars Girls Lacrosse Show with hosts Ronnie Davis and Craig Spazman Simmons. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rockstars Girls Lax Podcast with me, Ronnie Davis, and Craig the Spazman Simmons. What's up? What's up? Spaz. Um, yeah. Big week in the lacrosse we just Very. went through. Very. Um, four Section 5 teams traveled down to Cortland. Yes, they p- did. Playing the state semifinal games uh, last Friday. <clears throat> um, but we went over. Listen, 0 for 4 on the field, 4 and 0 in our hearts. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. 0 for, um, you know, Long Island went 4 and 0. Section 3 teams, um, yeah. you know, three of the four um, went on to the, the championship game, but. Um, Long Island was just too tough. Well, let's just, you know, not I mean, not to throw anybody else under the bus, but Section 3 also came up shorthanded in that whole situation. So, I mean, 3 and 5, just those 11 section the Long Island teams, they're just so tough and we we've talked about it over and over. And during my broadcast, I just noticed one common denominator in every game that I broadcast. I did 3 out of 4. They are very aggressive. They're very aggressive. They're physical. They're fast. You can't get squat from free position because they're so quick on the first and second step. They just, they got it. They are, and it seems like they're all the same. I mean, very athletic, um, play extremely stingy defense, Yeah, and patient. They're all very patient, and they wait and wait and wait, and then they strike. And they kind of just wear you down. And they're they're very well coached. Not very to say not to say anybody else is or isn't, but uh, very well coached. Now we're going to get into it. But we had a couple times where there was some hope. There was there was some hope a couple different times in the Palmat game. It was a one goal game at the half, and then. The second half just fell apart for uh, Palmac. And then in your game, you guys were tied up with, I think we were talking about before the podcast, what, it was tied up with, what, five, six, seven minutes left to go? Yeah, six minutes left. To, you know, it was a tie score, 4-4 from the 19-minute mark all the yeah. way down to the six-minute mark. Um, so, yes, there was definitely some hope um, yep. on, on a couple teams. And uh, we're going to be calling. Um, I just got the okay to call Andrew Savage um, from Pelmac, get her take on it. It was her, it's been her th- third time yeah. to the state semifinals. Um, uh, she's one of my Pelmec. favorites. Yeah. She's one of my favorites. Um, so, she, you know, she's going to be able to provide some insight on, you know, her 
the the magical tour she's had for the last three years and what we can expect from Pelmac next year. I'll tell you the thing I want to talk to her about is at the half. Okay, at the half, it was five to five at the draw. Emma Arnold was doing it. It was five to five. Okay, second half shut out. One draw for Palmac. They had one, <coughs> excuse me, one quality offensive possession during the entire second half. Uh, Emma Arnold got one from free position with about a minute left. So I'm not going to necessarily call that the highest quality possession. I'm just saying that. In the second half, uh, Matatuck made a, a major adjustment at the draw, and I don't know what it is, but I'm hoping that she can add some insight into what that adjustment was. Because like I said, it was 5-5 five to five on draws at the half. Yeah. And then Emma just got shut down. They got She got one draw uh, in the second. I'm sure they made an adjustment. Um, <clears throat> Fitz, do we have Andrew on the phone? Yes, <laughs> if you could, please. would be great. Um, yeah, you know, like we talked about Pelmac before. They got some really good kids that they're yeah. building around. They got Jamie Walker, um, Emma Arnold, and Andra, and they're, they're going to build around that team. Let's not forget Weaver, the goaltender. And she, look yeah. at how young she is. Look at how small she is. Imagine if she can hit a growth spurt. I saw a picture of her and Andra Savage afterward, and I thought to my, I thought actually that was Andra hanging out with one of the youth players. <laughs> I really did. And then I looked who it was, and I went, wow, that's Weaver. So she's going to hit a growth spurt, I imagine, at some point in time or another. But uh, she's a good little goalkeeper. Yeah. And, you know, and my conversations with Coach Burse is, um, you know, he's very optimistic about the the whole program and I and I like what I see out there. Um, he's doing a fantastic job with growing these kids. They are, in, you know, Class D, a smaller school, but they're they're going out there and they're 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 like you said, they're getting off the bus. They're competing, especially with you know they got three major kids that are competing. But it looks like they're building the team around those three kids. So let's go to the phones and uh, talk to Andrew Savage. Andra, hi. How are you? Good, how are you? Welcome to the Rockstar Girls Lax podcast with myself and Craig Despazman Simmons. Yeah, yeah. Andra, third <laughs> third time to the States um for for the Pelmac Lady Raiders. Um and it definitely we we have talked several times on this podcast about you and Jamie and, and Emma being the leaders on that team. And um, you know, obviously getting to your third third state semis, but coming up uh, short as usual to the Long Island teams, as everyone had come up short to. Um, how's, how's the journey been? How's the program feeling? And, and you're losing Jamie and Emma to graduation this year, and how's that going to affect the team? Um, I definitely think that they are two of like the major leaders on our team, so that's just going to leave some room for more girls to step up and become leaders as well. And I think that... Um, like the youth programs and JV and like, we're just building our program where everybody can just be as strong. And I think that people are just going to have to step up. Hey, Andrew, it's a spaz, man. How you doing? Good. How are you? All right. Thanks for joining us here on the rock stars. And I just want to talk about, um, at the half, at the half of the game against Mattatuck on Saturday, 
It was five to four on the board, and it was five to five at draw controls. Emma was doing it on the draw controls. It was even Steven heading into the half. And then in the second half, she got shut out. She only got one draw control. And what I want to know is, can you give us any insight? Because you were on the field. You also took a couple draws. What kind of adjustments did Hogue make at the draw to kind of shut you guys down in the circle in the second half? Um, I think she just started to um, push it. Like before, I think she was trying to go to herself. And then she started to move to pushing it to a certain side. And her sister, Mackenzie, was on the circle, too. So I think that just their connection and knowing where the ball was going to go, that was just really it. How did, um you know, <clears throat> at halftime, the halftime speech, you guys were in it, like as Craig said, 5-4 at the half. Um Coming out of the half, what what was the vibe in, in the in the halftime speech? I mean, did you guys think that you had you know the the momentum going forward? Um, yeah, I think we definitely talked about how we needed to stay composed and how it was going to come down to like who works the hardest. And I definitely think we worked really hard. It's just they had, I think they had a deeper bench. You know, Andre, moving forward, we just, we have alluded to it. We've talked it, about it a little bit, but losing Emma, going to Ohio State, losing Jamie Walker, that's basically by default going to move you into the top spot as far as being a leader on and off the field goes. I know you dig coaching the younger kids. Talk to us a little bit about that. What's the mindset going into next season? You know, I know it just ended, but I know a competitor like you is always moving on to the next, you know, the next step. What's your mindset moving in, knowing that you're going to be the one that everybody looks to as far as leadership next season? I think it's just going to be that I need to make sure that everybody on the team feels like they can come to practice and work their hardest and be recognized for all the work they do. And it's just, I just want the whole team to feel like, like a family. Now, Andra, you're um you're committed to go to Towson to play um, Division One lacrosse, and um, you know you, you've certainly deserved that opportunity. You you struggled with a knee injury. Um, you're back this year. How's the outlook going forward for this summer, and then going into next year with your knee? I know you're rehabbing it. Is it back to a hundred percent yet? And I this is a twofold question. I know Towson just uh, <clears throat> lost their defensive coach, Mike Molster. He went to Rutgers, I believe. No, Penn State. And um, yeah, yeah, and um, you know, what's the outlook with Towson? Are you looking forward to getting there? Uh, yes, I'm really excited. I just know that, and I'm still in PT, so I know that I just need to keep working on the, to strengthening my legs to get to Towson and hopefully play. Andre, how important has club lacrosse been to you and, and getting to where you're at right now? Now, once they went over to Class C in 2017, you guys won three straight sectionals. You went to three straight states. What impact has uh, club lacrosse had on you up to this point in your lacrosse career? I think it definitely has had a huge impact on me, and I know it has impact on other girls too. And I think that just going to pra- like practice all the time, always working on stick skills, just playing against really high competition has really helped me to succeed. Nice. Well, Andrea, thanks for coming on the show this week. Um, wish you the best of luck this summer. I, you know, I'm going to be 
coaching that your Monster 2020 team as much as possible. But as you know, I have to step down to the Monster 22s, and I'm certainly going to miss you guys. But um, I, I think that you guys are going to do well this summer, and I, I look forward to seeing uh, how that leg, how that knee has progressed and get you back out on the field with that Monster team full for, full force. So thanks so much Thank for coming you. on this weekend and uh, or this week, and uh, we will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Andra. Um, great kid, Andra. She is one um, of my favorites. Yeah, she's been on varsity since seventh grade in Palmac, yeah. and she uh, she definitely has uh, has put up her fair share of points over the last five years. You know, and, we uh, we've we've talked about her mom. Yep. The persistent pit bull. The, we've talked about her. That's her new nickname with me. <laughs> we've talked about her, and she she Facebooked me off to the side and just wanted to make sure that I knew that uh, Sports 5 only goes back to a certain point and that Andra's been playing longer on varsity, so some of her points – you know, are actually missing, and she just wanted to make sure that right. uh, that I was on top of that. So. Well, I, I tell you that you know her her mom's a great lady, and and um, yeah. was very involved in in Andra's uh, success. Yes. Tr- bringing her to tournament after tournament and and camp after camp, and uh, um, I, I tell you this: whatever points that Andra does have, they're certainly well deserved. That so. uh, yes, without a doubt. So um, let's go into Class C. We have. Um, Cold Springs Harbor um, played HFL. Yeah. Um, HFL has been there year after year after year after year. And we've talked to Coach O'Connell before about the differences between Long Island and, you know, what the big differences is and why there's such a gap advantage. And he was there again. And, uh, you know, he gets through a section, you know, section five class C championship. And then, as we talked about, the buzz saw hits with Cold Spring Harbor. My question is, is it Cold Spring Harbor or is it section five? You know, who's I, the dominant I, one there? I, I or less um, dominant, I should say. I, it's all I can say is it's section five because the the record speaks for itself. Because the same we've we've had this conversation over and over. Mm-hmm. The way we dominate, the way section five dominates section six, section eleven and eight, and sometimes one, they dominate section five. Right. So it's 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 more what sex Long Island is doing than what we're not doing. In, in my opinion, um, because at what point do we go, what more can we do? Like I say, the game between Mattituck and Palmac, the Class D game, one goal at halftime, and then the adjustments were made, and it was just a completely different half. The uh, Tuckers of Mattituck outscored Palmac 4-1, to one, and that, that one was a free position in the last minute, and don't get mad at me, PC people, in garbage time, okay? And and then your game was competitive, and then, you know. The Class C it, game. Yeah. Uh, and it just. I, I will say this in defense of, of HFL and, and not just Section 5, but HFL in general is, you know, Cold Spring Harbor will, will put a beat down on a lot of the A schools and B schools, yeah, no question, you know, in, no question, in Section Five or whatever. They're they're yeah. just as good as Northport or, um, you know, Eastport South Manor, Cold Spring Harbor. So, um, I'm anxious to see how that continues to work out. You know how how we make adjustments here in Section Five as far as beds are concerned with you know what schools yeah. are playing in which class and so forth. But, um, you know, like you <laughs> said, HFL they get off the bus every time in Cortland. They get off the bus. They go out there and play. And, um, and you know, as Coach O'Connell has alluded to in the past that, you know, they're just more kids playing lacrosse down there, yeah. more kids playing club lacrosse. They draw from 4 million people. We draw from a couple hundred thousand. Right? It's, it's not like we're talking about bad coaches. 
We're not talking about bad coaching. We're not talking about bad players. Just like you said, there's a bigger well to draw from down there, and you have more of an opportunity to find the top-notch players, the cream of the crop. Right. And uh, the Twarton Award winner is from Long Island. Yeah, Megan Taylor, right? Yeah, yeah. this year. Yeah. So, I mean. They got players. They, you know, they're all, you know, they, they got a lot of players. And we'll, we'll talk more about Northport when we talk about Class A. Um, yeah. But um, let's go to the phones. I think we got Lexi Bernicki, the big rig. The big rig. Nice surprise. <laughs> Lexi. Hi, Ron. Hi. Welcome to the Rockstars Girls Lax podcast with myself and Craig Despazman Simmons. The big rig. <laughs> oh, good to be here. Uh, Lax, um, you know, tough loss on Friday. You know, I shared that with <laughs> you. Um, you know, you got through the weekend and, uh, you know, today is a, is a new day. As we talked about after the game, um, and we're we're going to look forward in Canandaigua to moving forward and to try to you know finish some unfinished business next year. How is um, you know the bus ride home? I'm sure was tough, but like say Monday today's a new day. How how do you feel today? And and what do we do moving forward to uh, to take care of business for next year? Well, I think that the bus ride was hard, but it wasn't even as much as the fact we lost. It was the fact that our season was over and that we wouldn't have another game right now. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Another practice together with this team because this is one of the closest teams that I, this is the closest team I've ever been a part of. And I think the biggest thing is that we already just miss each other. And the fact that we don't have practice at three later today is just something that we're not really used to. But I think as for next year, we just need to remember that being together and having our team chemistry can really take us far. And I think that's what happened this year. And that if we keep working, we can finish our business next year. You know, Lexi, I had the chance to ask Andre Savage this question. I'm going to ask it of you. I'm just going to walk it right over to you. Uh, junior this year and going to be a senior next year. You're, you're losing a lot of the senior leadership that you had on the field, both on and off this year. And what is the difference of leadership, the level of leadership for you this year compared to what is most likely going to be expected of you next season as one of the seniors? Um, I think I'll definitely have to step up next year being one of the seniors. But the seniors this past season have set a really good example of what it means to have leadership on this team. And they have done a really good job of leading our team to dates and they have reminded us what's important this season and what we've needed to do to get to where we went. So I'm just going to try to follow in their footsteps because they really kept our team together this year. So Lex, 
on a personal level with you, you um you had to step into some shoes this year that I'm not sure that you knew um you had to do right away. Uh last year, you know, Canada had, you know, Lindsay Rio and Megan Hoffman and, and Loren, you know, was a big part of last year's um offensive team and um you know Loren went down in the you know in the, the scrimmage against Fairport. Um you were playing midfield at the, at that time. Um we needed to move you to midfield to balance out you know what we were doing to make up for the loss of Loren and you kind of took that ball and you ran with it. You were you know you really came out of your shell this year and you know I think that we pulled everything out of you. You know you just had a great season and let, let me get your thoughts on that. You know going from you know, having a mediocre season last year and stepping into the limelight this year, you know, how, personally, tell me about what you're feeling. Um, well, thank you for saying I had a good season this year. But I think it was, again, I have to credit the seniors because they really led our team. And on and off the field, the seniors and everyone on our team just kept telling me that even if I had messed up or turned it over a bunch that I had it and that I just needed to not get in my head too much and I think that's what I did a lot of last year and that's what um you and Nemo really helped me with as well this season is just to not get in my head too much and to know that I had things under control and that um I could do what was needed of me this season and um I don't exactly miss midfield but I have a new love for a and I've really enjoyed playing it this year. So, Lexi, we have discussed this over and over and over with coaches and other brainiacs involved in the game of lacrosse, but I don't think I've actually ever had the opportunity to talk at length with any of the players. You just had a nice game or a game against um, Eastport, South Manor, Long Island. What can Section 5 do on or off the field to be able to compete with Long Island and finally say we've had enough and we want to compete with these guys? Um, I mean, I think our past game this weekend, I think we did compete. We showed up to play, and I think that we just need to, in the future, I think we need to just know that we can play with these teams and we can keep up with them and that we aren't the underdog teams like Ronnie has been telling us and that we can play with these teams and we can beat them. Do you think that, um, you know, obviously I got the job in, in late February and, and we've only, as a team, you know, has spent three roughly three months together, four months, three and a half months. Um, what, what's the plan going forward with, with yourself personally? I know you're going to play monster lacrosse this summer um, with that team. But, you know, as far as, you know, planning for next year, planning to take care of business, how are you going to, how are you going to, you know, get all the girls together and get them on the same page and, and to move forward with, with just getting getting ready for the next year? Um, well, I think that being a senior next year, it'll give me the push I need to step up and be a leader for this team. And definitely having you and having turf time available will definitely be something that can help us in the off season. But also, it's just a huge advantage because last year at this time and even later, we did not have a coach, so it was hard for seniors to organize things when they didn't have coaches back up on things. But now that we do have a coach and we know how we can play and what we can do to win, I think it's really going to help us next year to step up and finish business. 
Lexi, I'm pretty sure you and I have talked about this at some point in time. I've had the opportunity to interview you a couple times. Uh, how much have you been able to lean on Juju for guidance, both on and off the field? And, um, you know, is, is it uh, voluntary on your part that you went to her for it, or does she come up and offer? Or is it a little bit of a mix of both? Well, I mean, I don't want to sound too corny, but she is my best friend in the world. And I actually started playing lacrosse because of her, because when I was younger, I looked up to everything she did. I wanted to be her. I wanted to do everything that she was doing. So I really did start lacrosse because of her. And when I was on JV and Modified, she was one of the studs on varsity. So I've always looked up to her. And then when she went D1 for college, I just knew that that was something that I wanted to do. And she definitely helped me off the field in every way possible. But on the field as well, she will tell me, she'll be straight up with me if I need to do something better, if I do something wrong. And she just really helped me all the time with everything in my life. So, Lex, uh, again, back to you personally, and, and I need you to – to be a little selfish here in your in your answer um you have busted out of your shell and now you can see you know what Lexi Bernicki can do not only for her team but for herself and for her future um I can only think that the Niagara coaches are are salivating the fact that you're that you're going to be going to school there and um you know now we're talking you know you're you're they're looking for you to start as a freshman. They're looking for you to be this player that they just realized they have. You know, um, selfishly, I mean, you deserve everything you get. But let me be honest with you: you you're, you're you're a top level player now. You're a top kid in Section Five. You're a top recruit for Niagara. Um, how do you feel about that? I am. Um... I, I'm very proud of what I've done this season, and I'm really glad that I was able to step up because last year I knew I didn't play to my full potential. And I am very excited for not only senior year, but the next four years after. And I just already know some of the people on the Niagara team, and I really enjoy – I've enjoyed playing with some of them, Tegan – um, especially from Pittsburgh, I am very excited to play with her and all the other recruits my age. And I do love the coaches, and I can't wait to play for them. And I am just very excited, and I'm glad that I did break out this year because I knew I could play better than I have in the past, and I'm glad that I just found my confidence this year to do so. Well, good. So, you know, thanks for coming on the show. I want to re reiterate to you again that you are in the – top topic of every conversation when it comes to top kids in section five now and you you've deserved that you earned it and um you know me personally as as a coach that mm -hmm. gets the coacher um i mean i couldn't be more happy to you know as what canada's future looks like you she's know, one of my year. favorites so. she's the big rig bro come on <laughs> so lexi thanks for coming on the show this week we appreciate it and um Start rallying the troops together because uh, Canada will practice starts tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Thanks, Thank kiddo. Yep. Bye. Appreciate See it. Um, Good yeah, kid. Good. I like her. Great kid. And, uh, you know, she did bust out of her shell. And, and um, man, can she play? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, it was funny because I was busting her chops about the overhand shot mm. that she likes to take, and it bit her a couple times during the playoffs. And I asked her, when that happens, does that get in her head? Does that keep her thinking, oh, man, I got bit the last time I wanted to do that? And she just said, no, that's her thing, and sometimes it doesn't work. But if something you know is working and you're comfortable with it, go with it. So she is well-versed. Yeah, well, and, it's, fu- it's funny. I'm sorry. To Every <laughs> no, time ahead. in practice, I mean, I'm a big proponent of shooting low. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I tell the kids over and over every day. And and actually, you know, our last practice, I think, was Wednesday at, in Canandaigua. And um, and, you know, she shot the ball on the goalie stick a couple of times. And, and uh, from day one, you know, every time someone shoots the ball on a goalie stick, I yell out, thanks for the gumball, Mickey. Yeah. And eventually they get sick of hearing me say that, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, you know, I thought that Lexi did a great job. Um you know, in the playoffs and so forth, she scored some really big goals, and she, her shooting percentage was very high. Absolutely. So. But I think I've told the story, but if not, I'll tell Her mother asked me at Pittsburgh, why do you call Lexi the big rig? Look at her. She's the big rig, dude. <laughs> right. She drives wherever she wants to go. She's not afraid of contact. If there's three people in front of her, that's not going to stop her from, you know, doing what she has to do to get to the net. Yeah, so, it, you know, our, our game was close. You know, as, as you said, it was – we were down four one at half. Yeah, um, you know, I told the kids we got to get it back one at a time. You gave us hope, Ronnie. And uh, you know, it was a tie game from the nineteen minute mark down to the six minute mark. Yeah, and um, and you know, they we could have um, sc- took advantage of our opportunities. I thought we, we had great shots. Their goalie played phenomenal. Absolutely. So their goalie made some key saves on us in that span. Um, and then they were able to get one, and then they were getting another. Obviously, they got the the empty netter, so I don't really count that. So to me, it was a six four game. But the the fact that <clears throat> six minutes left, it was a, it was a tie game, and and my kids were ready to fight. And they went out there and fought. We did everything we could in women's lacrosse, girls lacrosse, to get the ball back. I mean, we pulled our goalie, we put on the extra player, we tried to double. Um, they were just very athletic. They had a number one kid in the country, Casey Chomo. We tried yeah. to get the ball out of her hands as much yep. as possible. Yeah, and and. It'll rear its head a little bit later when we talk about it, but uh, Clancy Rue did another great job of shutting down one of the top players. Not th- th- this time, not in the section, but in the country. In the country, Choma is number the, one, the top top recruit going to Notre Dame, right? Yeah, and uh, Clancy basically put the clamp on her. We're going to call it the Clancy clamp. I the think the Clancy you know, clamp. She just she put the clamp on her again. The only problem is they were good enough. That uh, they had others, and uh, and uh, what what is the other girl's name with all the hair there? I can't I can't even number fifteen. Yeah, yes, I yeah. can't uh, for the life of me. I'm having a brain fart. Can't remember her name. She stepped up. She, she stepped up, and she frustrated you guys. So that's what you do, though. That's what next man lacrosse is all about. That or next person lacrosse. Right. That's what it's all about. You shut down the top dog and force them to play somebody else. And unfortunately, they had the depth. So I came up with an idea during the game. Well, it wasn't during the game. I've thought about it before. So Choma had the ball, right? And it was Mm -hmm. 4-4 at this point. And um, and so I'm like, I got to get the ball out of Choma's hands. You know, Clancy did a great job face Gardner, killed her. You know, she kept her in check. 0-0. I don't believe she had a goal or an assist in the whole game. No. Nope. So, but Choma had got the ball. And I needed the ball out of Choma's hands, right? So I had Meg Ellis commit a goal circle violation. Right, which takes the ball out of Choma's hands and brings it back behind the goal to the dot, and we had a double team set up. Um, they got out of it, and um, again, Choma had the ball again. Right, so the official says to me, "Hey, you know, you can't do that again." And I was like, 
What do you mean I can't do this? Is again? there a rule that says Can you someone can't tell me why I can't do this yeah. again? And um, and he's just like, I'm just letting you know that if you do it again, they're gonna they're gonna card you for it. So um, at that time, um, Esport scored, right? Because I was gonna do it again. And uh, Choma gave the pass to someone. I went to another girl. I think they got an eight meter shot and scored. So I I call a protest. Right, I'm like I, I need to protest this because I need to know what I can do and what I can't. So all of a sudden, we got all the officials in front of me, the other coach, and then all these committee members came out. Right? Yeah, and I was one between you and I. I had no clue right. what was going on, Ronnie. And I, I'm like, well, Ronnie, Ronnie's uh, holding court about something. Yeah. So yeah, and, and I wasn't upset. I was I I was asking very calmly, and I was very calm through it. And um, and I said, okay, the the official, the the, the box official, just told me that if we commit an another goal circle violation that I'll get carded and and the the one lady who I believe she was the head of officials I don't I don't know her name or her official role but she came up and she said I'll take care of this right and she said very simply if you commit another goal circle violation I'm going to instruct the officials to give you a yellow card for misconduct and I was like huh okay um but you know in the rules, it doesn't say what, that. You know, what's the what, infraction? What does it, it fall under? Yeah. And she said it's unsportsmanlike to do that. And I said, okay. In her I, opinion, right? And and I wasn't going to argue. Believe me, you, you're you're not arguing in that situation. <laughs> For one, I had you know the head of Section Five, Jeff Ants, right there next to me. Right. Mm -hmm. I had my athletic director, my boss, Jim Simmons, right there. So there was going to be no argument out of my mouth. I just wanted to hear you know what they said, mm -hmm. and and I accepted it. I don't agree with it, but um, you know. And then we were unable to you know to really get the ball back, and and they they ran out the clock, and um, and they won the game. And I don't think that that play had anything to do with them winning the game um, because I thought the officials did did their job for the game. Mm -hmm. um, but what I will say is, you know, going forward in terms of making this game, um, it, you know, more competitive, more exciting, we've got to get the shot clock into high school lacrosse. Please. I don't know how we do that. I, I got ASAP. I got to start asking. I thought that it was on its way. I thought it was budgetary issues. That's what I had heard. But um, it, it just seems like that the people who are running high school lacrosse in New York State or or in general have no interest in getting a shot clock down to this level, and it proved to be a factor in. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Three of the four games. I know... Um, Pittsburgh had an issue with it, right? Well, Matatuck used that strategy. They, again, they came out and started dominating at the draw. And uh, draw control leads to ball control. And when you control the ball, you control time of possession. Yeah. As long as they don't get it you know, away from you. But yes, please bring the shot clock. What, listen, honestly, whatever I can do. Whatever I can do to make it happen. If you want to start a campaign... I'll be glad to. Who do I write? Right. What that's do I what do? Got, that's what we have to find. What do I we do? Have, we have to find the path <laughs> of to find out what we need to do. And and secondly, we have to figure out like in in men's basketball, 
that doesn't happen. It's it's very cut and dry what the rules are, right? I mean, you foul in men's basketball as a strategy, right? Whack a shack, right? You, I mean, it, that's a quintessential it's a strategy. example. It's not unsportsmanlike. It's a strategy. Yeah, my strategy was to get the ball out of the best player in the country's hands and into someone else's, so we could have an opportunity to get the ball back. And I think that they kind of take that away from you in in terms of sure. what you know their their um, perception of the rules and and you know so I'm not complaining about the officials at all and I'm not complaining about the committee I think I'm complaining about the the system and and how yeah. it, it, in order for I mean ESPN the coverage of ESPN college women's lacrosse was minute compared to the men's. Right, I mean, right. all the men's games were on ESPNU. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, the women's games were not. I think just the championship game was. I, you know, the, I think the semifinals might have been on ESPN three, but the the NCA coverage was minute. And you know, when you talk to people, it's they say, well, it's simple. It's not an exciting game. Exactly. You know, it's getting there. Well, it's getting there. The shot clock definitely has changed things. But they, but my. You didn't ask, but one of my pet peeves is if you're fouled while shooting and it's a goal, allow the goal to stand and move on. Don't stand there and talk about it for 15 minutes. If it's a goal, let it stand and move on. I don't care if it's Canadagua, if it's whoever Canadagua's playing. It happens all the time. And I've seen 50-50 where when they come out and they take the free position, they get stoned. They either get stoned, they miss, it doesn't work. If you're fouled during the act. Let them let the goal stand. Let it play and move on. And then, Absolutely, that, it's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be when you're when you're going and you get fouled. They're supposed to wave a yellow flag, yeah, um, and allow that to happen. But sometimes it just the referees just yeah. don't get it, and uh, you know maybe it's more training they need or whatever. And well, they're, they're chipping away, Ronnie. They're they are. chipping away. They One are. of the new things is I love two things: sudden death. It's not sudden victory, old PC people. I'm calling it sudden death, okay? Yep. And also the quick restart off of uh, you know quick fouls and violations. I like that. When that first settled in at the beginning of the season, there was a lot of confusion with, can I, can I not? And once about halfway, maybe a third of the way through the season, at least these are my yeah. you know observations, it started to get better, get better. A, a whole lot better. But that's usually the way. Um, Overcodification is never really a good thing. Overcodification does not lead to entertaining, uh, you know, uh, watch an event or especially a sporting event. So, right. well, there's just no reason for it to take so long. I mean, it should yeah. be implemented at the youth level. Right? Everything should be in unison together. Yeah, um, I understand the budgets if that's a part of it, but let's get it going right away. I'll so, tell you what, I'm 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 going to look into it. I I'm accepting your challenge, and I, I will personally start looking into it and trying to, you know, I'll I'll talk to uh, Alan McLiberty with U.S. Lacrosse, and because mm -hmm. he's he's always willing to answer a question. I don't know. Do you know Alan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I'll ask him. I'll mm -hmm. I'll go right to him first, and if he can't answer it, he'll put he'll. Point me in the right direction right. of who can. Well, that's going to be our that's going to be our <laughs> quest each week is to figure out. We're going to take baby steps each week to figure out what we need to do to get this shot clock in there. Okay, works for me. Class A, Northport played Pittsburgh. Mm, Thirteen to three. 13 let's, to put, three. let's put it that way. That 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 was just. There wasn't a whole lot Pittsburgh was going to be able to do. You well, know, I mean, you you might have a different look because. As somebody who you're kind of an observer, whereas I'm trying to call things and I can't see a whole lot of things, give me your input. Give My me your input thoughts. is is if 
Um, their goalie, Northport's goalie, made four very key saves in the yeah. beginning of the first half. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, that if Pittsford was able to capitalize on those shots, um, I think it would have been a little different game. I think that uh, Pittsford got frustrated after that. Right. Yeah. And um yeah. and Northport was very patient. They were in a zone defense um defensively, the, and their goalie was playing great. So it was just kind of chip by chip. And also the Pittsburgh played man down pretty much for over twenty minutes of the game um because of yellow cards. Yeah. Well, you you know, like I said, I'm not judging the officials on on the calls because you know, you're gonna make fifty percent happy and fifty percent non happy. Yeah. Right. Um but it's tough to win a game. It's tough to compete in a game when you're playing man down the whole time. It is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and I always try and stay diplomatic. Mm-hmm. And I always throw out the disclaimer, while being diplomatic, that whether you agree with the call or not, you know, what game was it where it wasn't, wasn't it, was a Saturday where Emily York got a yellow card for you guys in like the first 20 seconds? Yeah, I think that was. Wasn't the, that Saturday? The, the week before. Was it? Oh, okay. Was okay, it the, the week before? Could, yeah, couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. So it. It makes you wonder. Let's yeah. put it that way. When there's a preponderance of the incidents, it 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 makes you think about it. Right. Gets you wondering. And you know how I think that you can correct that is to um, have more observation by officials and critiquing and evaluating. Um, I know of, they do it in of, basketball. Officials constantly being evaluated. I was. Um, I went right from <clears throat> Cortland this weekend to UMass. Right to for the monsters had a tournament in in UMass and um, in the one game I come out and I start coaching and I hear the whistle blow and I look and the officials making a call from the midfield and the, making a call that's happening down in the crease right and I'm like what the guy's not running well there's right? an official that's near the crease that's not making the call correct nothing more frustrating and so. I think that the officials need to be held more accountable for not their calls, not their judgment calls at all, right? Because, like I said, 50% is going to applaud you. 50% is going to say that was a terrible call. You cannot win in that situation, right, as an official. You won't. You'll never win it. Um, But what I think they can do is work as hard as the kids. They're getting paid Mm -hmm. to be out there. You have to run. You have to work as hard as the game that you're officiating. And if you don't, I think you're doing the game a disservice. I I, I don't know if you know this, mm-hmm. and I umpire softball. And um, I, I completely concur with what you're saying. More accountability, and also you have to move. Not to throw other guys under the bus, but a lot of them don't move from behind home plate to make a call at first. I'm either out by the pitcher circle or running halfway up first to make that call. You have to move. Because, like you said, you're doing the game, you're doing the players, the coaches, the fans, and yourself a disservice if you don't. Right, and and they're getting paid. They're they're practically yeah. union wages now. I mean, they're they're demanding a dollar an hour, or I'm sorry, a dollar a minute to go out there and work. Right, so that I'm umpiring. Right, I'm, I'm I'm officiating the wrong thing. <laughs> that you know that that's fifty bucks. You know, a game for for travel and youth games, but mm-hmm. it's more than that for, and and I understand that they're in a tough situation, and I, I get that, and I I sympathize with that because I've I've seen a lot of things lately on officials. You know, leave the officials alone. I agree yeah. with that. Leave the yep. officials alone. I think that I've you know really worked towards leaving them alone. I I went through the whole season without a yellow card, just to let you know that. I saw that there were times where you were bordering. Yeah, though, but. 
but um, uh, you you walked right up to the edge and then didn't jump off. So right. and, you, my, you, and, and all my questions were, you know, I was never derogatory or anything like that. My questions were, look at if you're gonna make a call. Just, just hustle. Just run as as hard as the other kids, and and I think the only way that we're going to make that happen is with more, is more accountability, more oversight, and more evaluating by the head officials. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, I, I I'm not here bashing officials today. That that's not me because I I, I was an official too, and I sympathize with that. But um, they're out. There, they, you got to go out there and you got to hustle. You got to run, and and uh, and I'm going to make that you know a point to. To tell the the head of officials in Section Five, look at this is what needs to be done. You know, this is my opinion, and hopefully we get three officials now per game. You know, that's that's one another thing I would like to push with the with the new self starts. You know, it's tough for two officials to keep up, and it's even tougher yeah. for to, for them to keep up if they're if they're not in shape or not running right. So, um, you know, you know, back to the Pittsburgh game that they. They had their opportunities in the beginning. I think their opportunities were limited in the second half by Northport, you know, controlling the ball, being very, very patient. And, you know, I was I didn't watch the game against Northport and Beeville, which was the next day. Northport ended up winning the championship. But um I saw some of the comments online and one was from the coach of, of Baldwinsville and she said, It's tough to win a game when you stall the ball for over twenty minutes. Um and, and she's and, right. And we've seen it. We've seen it. It's a strategy. But again, you, you can't get mad at the coach nope. because it's allowable. It's a rule. You have to um, – oh, geez, I'm trying to think of what – oh, don't don't hate the player, hate the game. Right. You know what I mean? Don't hate the coach, hate mm-hmm. the rules. And uh, it just – yes, shot yeah. clock. I don't know how long we would see the goalie after a save just stand there, you know, at what would be the 25, 30-yard line and – just let everybody run around for five minutes. So, mm-hmm. you're, yeah, we've got to get the but challenge accepted, right? And and you know we talk about strategy and and <clears throat> and you know the Carol Rose from Northport is a fantastic coach. She's a mm-hmm. longtime hall. She's a Hall of Famer. Um, you can't. You're right. Strategy is strategy. We've talked about you know Brighton and, and Rich Curtis, right? He's a really good coach. He strategizes. He gets his kid to play his you know their their system, and he wins. Right. And so it, I guess it's, you know, different strokes for different folks. Um, and I just think a shot clock would would really push the envelope as far as, ex, you know, game excitement. I think you get more kids playing and, and more people watching than, you know, being just being out there strategizing, to, you know, to win a game. I, I had strategy and, it, you know, it didn't work. Um, against eSport, but um, their strategy did work, and their strategy was to control the ball and be very controlling, and it's a low-scoring game. So, At, at some point, the powers that be are go- going to be f- put on the spot, and they're going to be forced to answer, what is your priority? What is your purpose? Is it to make the game entertaining, more fun, you know, more exciting to watch and play, or just let the squ- status quo you know, stay the way it is and no shot clock and let teams waste 10 minutes. You know, you can come out, you can try to double the ball, force the ball. That's just opening up the inside and they're going to get a cutter and bada bing, bada boom, an easy goal. So I think the powers that be, they need to be kind of put on the spot and asked, what are we doing? What's the priority? (laughs) Well, if you notice (laughs) that um, in high school lacrosse, like I said, we haven't, been able to get those opportunities of, of rule changes. But you notice the NCAA has. Mm-hmm. Well, what pushes NCAA? 
Oh, we know what pushes NCAA. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. ESPN, right? Hey, be careful. Don't I, get yourself in trouble. <laughs> but uh, right, you know, so yeah, the, you know, I can. I can see why, you know, and then the people that are in charge of, you know, of Scholastic High School sports, they're not being pushed by ESPN. They're not being pushed by the networks. And um, their mindset is, you know, we don't want the game to change. You know, 15 years ago, it was they were playing natural boundaries. No no hard line boundaries. I Meaning if you play and if you – they blow the whistle if you go near a tree. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so – um, that's, Watch that car, right. So that's, you know, that's the way that the, the people that are, you know – um, ha- have formed this game and, and wanted to stay as close to that as possible, but unfortunately, that doesn't e- that doesn't go well with you know ESPN and w- and making the game more exciting. So, well, the petitions are going to start flying mm-hmm. right now. Away. Let's put it that way. We're going to start. Spazman's going to get a petition, and then we'll go from there. Because I know the majority of the people that I've talked to want a shot clock. Mm-hmm. Players, fans, everybody. Um, some coaches, you know. Uh, the coaches that use that strategy aren't so apt to go, yeah, we got to get a shot clock right now. But but you know what? I was thinking about this, Spaz, um, you know, because I, I was thinking about, you know, our podcast and, um, you know, how it's formed and, and the, the conversations that we've had about it. And mm-hmm. I would like to see the, the coaches that play the slower style, right, because – like I said, their strategy is great. They're great coaches. They're getting their kids, they're getting their teams to buy into that. I would like to see those coaches under new circumstances, under a shot clock, you know? Who knows? Maybe the great minds of lacrosse, maybe their great minds are going to come out and come up with this great strategy to go under the rules where there's a shot clock, right? So, you know, maybe that that could happen, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, for us, for me, you know, I, I commented about the retirement of Rich Curtis and stuff like that, and and I'm thinking about it. You know what? He's been a coach for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good coach, but let, I, I'm waiting to see what he does with, with a shot clock. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, maybe he comes up with this masterful game plan to to pressure and to get the ball back and, and to do all that under a shot clock. And so, that's not to besmirch or you know devalue or demean him as an individual. No, no. Just just one coach wondering about what another coach would do and having an opinion about it. And we and know if, what they say about opinions. Right. And if he you know if he's smart enough to be strategic under those guidelines, like I said, who knows what he could do with with you know mm-hmm. Uh, another set of guidelines, right? So um, I guess I've undervalued some of the coaches because like, I saw it this weekend. I saw Carol Rose from Northport and um, and the coach from ESM. And like I said, they were very slow, patient, and strategic. But I've seen Carol Rose's Yellow Jacket teams play fast, right? I've seen them play club lacrosse very fast. You know, she owns the Yellow Jackets. She's the coach of their 21 team. Mm-hmm. So I know that she's got it in her mind to play slow or fast, right? She's just going to play the game to, to win it, which, you know, I can – you know, I give her credit for, you know, and I think you'll see that from some of the team's coaches in Section 5 as well. Maybe they're going to step up and, and do that. So I look forward to it because I look forward to learning from it and, and watching it, but it ain't going to happen until, you know, the powers to be, you know, put everything in place. Well, we, we need some change. Mm-hmm. We need change. And and you have no idea where I'm about to go right now. No clue. But one thing I have to do, I've got it right here. I have got to give a shout out to Sports 5 to the Section 5 Boys and Girls Lacrosse websites. 
They are GLAX and BLAX. GLAX and BLAX are out of this world. When I was, you know, I broadcast. I broadcast three or four games from which, and and somebody called me up and said, "How come you're not doing the HFL game? You've got to ask HFL that because I offered all four teams to broadcast all their games, and there's a broadcast fee which is exorbitant. Which right. I'm going to remain diplomatic because I want to continue to broadcast, but it is exorbitant. But there's fees involved. And they weren't able to to meet those fees. So it's but I couldn't find real information on section eleven teams. And if I did, the Newsday had one different from Max Preps. And yeah. Max Preps, love you, Max Preps, but catch up. Catch up. They need to catch up. They're so far behind and so off sometimes. But I would have two, three, four different re- or sources telling me different things. So I just want to give uh G Lax and B Lax. A, a, a kudos, out, yeah. yeah, a shout out. Thank you very much. They're, I'm spoiled. I'm completely and utterly spoiled by those guys because we're the only ones that have it. Right. We're the only ones. Section five are the only ones that have that resource. And so thanks for letting me go off on that rant. Yeah, no worries. I, and I'm I'm glad you did because um, you know they could probably use some more <coughs> sponsorship. So you know anyone out there, um, I'm sure that's a tough website to keep up with. You know, it it is. It, takes it is a lot of resources to do that. And I think the reason I bring that up is because once we lose the individuals who are involved with those. What are we going to do? Hopefully somebody, once that change happens, will pick yeah, that up. Right. Well, same thing that happened with Lax Power, right? Everyone yeah, Lax, to to Lax Power, Power, also the Section 5 football website and the basketball webs, everything. Right. So, yeah, but but spoiled. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Well, hopefully we, we'll be able to push some um, sponsorship their way and, and let everyone know how important that their information is um, to get us the information and yes. to get everyone the information yeah. for that matter. So. Um, so that, that's our wrap up on on the states. Um, I want to talk briefly, you know, on ne- next year. You know, Pittsburgh. Sure. Pittsburgh's losing, uh, you know, a few seniors. Not not too many. I think three. Um, <coughs> Canada was losing five, six seniors. I think I think with Pittsburgh, I think both Pittsburgh and Canada <clears throat> have the same uh, dynamic. I think more than what they're losing in players and personnel, they can make up for. By are they going to have the same coaches that they have this year? Is Donovan Lopez going anywhere? I don't see him going anywhere. I don't so, think so. I so mean, he's he, he to me, he's the main component. He's yeah. the he's the keystone to that whole thing over at mm-hmm. Pittsburgh because you know, and also Canandaigua, they've got the uh, the feeder programs. You know that. So the questions are, to me, as far as those two schools go, more important than the personnel on the field because it's going to be there one way or the other because they have the correct tutelage to take over for that. Right. Um, is Donovan but going anywhere? I, I is Ronnie going anywhere? No. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see Donovan going anywhere. He won again this year. Um, he had some ups and downs, but I think that uh, you know he, he's going to lose Ellie Mooney. He's going to lose Nora Anderson. He's going to um, lose Anya Lucy. Those are his seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, all, four, all three of them are starters, but he has a arsenal of kids um, coming up, younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that are, that are gonna um, have to jump into positions next year, and um, you know he's got a, a really good junior class with the Sampone twins and Kira Lucy and Casey Mooney, um, also Abby Hopfinger and and uh, Sophie Brown in there. So let's he, not forget McKenna Davis. McKenna Davis, sophomore. She's um you know she she's coming back. So I think that they're looking really strong um, next year as well. On the other hand, you know. Um, 
you know, I t- talking to Morgan Schwab this weekend. I had the, I had the luxury of going on the, the tournament tour this weekend with the Sampone twins and Morgan Schwab. Um, Did you get a word in edgewise? No, absolutely <laughs> not. I actually sat in the back seat while Ashley Sampone and Morgan drove. You know, they they switched back and forth drove. I, I sat in the back tree, sleep trying to sleep, um, but no, the, the I mean, you couldn't with those three. You, you don't get a word. That's in. what I'm saying, <laughs> and. Um, so, you know, in talking with them, talking with Morgan Schwab, every, it seems like every team is losing, you know, a handful of really good kids. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be, you know, I'm anxious to see what new kids step up that are in in the, you know, the, the line of to, to fill spots, right? Next person up. I know in Canadagua, you know, we lose, um, you know, some really good kids. So. Uh, but I think that I'm real excited about you know the arsenal I have in Canadagua. Yeah. Same thing as Pittsburgh. I can only expect you know Lopez. He knows what he has there, and um, so that's why I don't see him going anywhere soon because he's got a, a, a bunch of younger kids coming up that are really good. A bunch of <clears throat> um, current ninth grade you know ninth graders and eighth graders who are spectacular. Uh, Grace Sensabo is a freshman. Yeah, so she so she's not going. She's going to be around for three more years. She is, and she was the the question mark, right? I'm not afraid to yeah. say it. she was the yeah. question mark this year for Pittsburgh. You yeah. know, and um, I think that she did really really well, and you know she earned her spot. I'll say that um, in, with her play. Well, the thing is, is is you know. She had to make people forget about Messenger. She had to make everybody forget about her, and I think she did a good job of doing that. Yeah. So, so, but she's got a, a younger, you know, an eighth grader, Alden Dursarak, coming up behind her. So you're going to see a, a goalie battle there for the next three years in Pittsburgh, which is healthy, right? I mean, it's going to oh, yeah. be a healthy goalie battle to have two goalies like I had. I was very fortunate. I had um, Quinny and and um, French, so yeah. that was a healthy battle, and that really helped my team out a lot. So um, next year, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. I think. You, you know, not only with the teams losing a few players, there's a few teams that are losing a lot of players that are gonna yeah. that are gonna put them severely at a disadvantage. No doubt. No doubt. Um, I think Spencer Port's one. They're, they're losing a lot of seniors. Rush Henrietta's losing a lot of Division One kids um, that that are gonna go. So it, it it's gonna rear its head in the fall. You know, in the fall tournaments, we're gonna see, and then then you're gonna see um, teams starting to formulate over the winter time, getting their teams ready for next spring. Yeah, but that's that's the good stuff. That's where the coaches earn their money. That's where we find their metal. We find out mm-hmm. what they're made out of. So I think we only have a handful of minutes left. So if we're doing the top five in section five, we yeah. should get to it. Right, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you go first this week. All right, as you know, mine is brought to you by FLX Software, and I am going to give you my top five in Section 5 from this past weekend's semifinals. Okay. You had to know that's where I was yeah, going to go. Yeah, you have to. You have to yeah. take from there. So I, I have to put her on here, all right, um, HFL. I'm yep. going to put her on there. Uh, here's where we usually talk about Lexi Ruff. I'm going to throw Eliza Wild out there. She scored three of their five goals. She had three of their seven draw controls. They only had seven draw controls the whole game. She had three of them, so Eliza Wild is my number five. Okay. All right. My number four is uh, uh, Emma Arnold. Emma okay. Arnold was wasn't very impactful in the second half, but in the first half, she went toe to toe at the draw with Hope. Yep. Toe to toe, five to five. So Emma Arnold is my number four. My number three is uh, McKenna Davis, and I'm going to combine her with somebody who didn't get. She doesn't get the respect she deserves, I think, because some of the things that she doesn't do off the field, okay? And um, Loren Blakesley, I'm going to give, because she came alive when you really needed her to. Yeah. She scored, a, she scored a lot of goals in the last four or five games, 
And she had a couple on Saturday, I believe. Yep. Did she have a Two couple? Goals, yeah. yeah. So Loren Blakesley and McKenna Davis, they both drew a lot of attention, and they both got a couple goals. So I'm going to throw that out there. <clears throat> They're my three. My number two, we talked to her, Andra Savage. She's just consistent. She's consistent, and just like her mother, she's persistent. persistent. No question about that. She draws a lot of attention. She's very steady. She always has a presence. She knocked down a couple goals. One was she got wrecked from behind. She got wrecked. Hit it from the ground and they let it stand. They didn't, you know, wave it off and give her the free position. So in that case, they did let it stand. So am I number one? Clancy, Clancy, the Clancy clamp. Uh, what she did with Choma was just. I think. I think her face guard is textbook. I think if you were to to go, man, is there one player that we can just show some video of mm-hmm. of how to do a proper textbook face, face guard? Card. It's Clancy Rude. And that is, you are sorely going to miss her. But Lexi alluded to it. Her influence will remain even after she's gone to play for the dogs out at Albany. So those are my top five in Section 5, brought to you by FLX Software. Okay, so before (laughs) I start, my section, or my top five are are sponsored by Fairport Hots. Yes. Joe Katai out there for part. Who also sponsored my broadcast. The entire Canandaigua broadcast he sponsored. Yes. um, That means that he needs to sell a lot of garbage plates. I will do the best right. I can. So I'm, I'm personally think I'm going to go over there tomorrow for lunch. Hopefully he'll join me and get a plate, and I'm going to insist that I pay for the plate and the Mountain Dew. He'll probably invite a bunch of other people that I have to pay for, but that's okay. Too. <laughs> Was that an invite for the yeah, Spaz absolutely. <clears throat> Come on out. Get plates right on. at Fairport Hots. What time? Um, <laughs> probably about noon. All right. Um, but, no, my number five is, you know, is definitely Emma Arnold. <clears throat> is it comes in at number five. Um, the Hogue sisters, you know, their their older sister goes to to um, Carolina. Those two are both going to Virginia. They're really good, great lacrosse players, yes. great family. Yep. So for her to go, you know, toe to toe with them in the in the first half, Emma Arnold, get, you know, gets my vote for toe to toe number five. Um, number four, okay. I, I like. I'm gonna go with, with Lexi Ruff. Okay, okay. I, I'm going to go with Lexi. I think Lexi put her really best foot forward. And, uh, you know, being a senior, going to Virginia Tech, um, I, I think that she did really well. I believe um, she got the other two goals. Yeah. Yeah. Rupted. So um, Lexi Ruff is, is definitely my number four. Um, my number three, it, you know, I, I'm in the middle here about it because um, Pittsburgh – you know they they got they got beat pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. They got they got beat thirteen to three. But um, I think that defensively, they're you know defensive midfield. Um, I gotta go with the Sampone twins. Um, at Shocker! Three. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta go with them because they play offense, they play defense, mm-hmm. and they run between the lines. So. Sure. Um, I, I watched that game intensely and very carefully, and and without them, it, it could have been uh, you know even worse. Yep. Um, Number two, I am going to go with Loren Blakesley. Okay, my, that that's my number two. She, you know, she scored the first goal of the game against Eastport. She, um, she, she was my comeback player of the she year. She got the first Canada, one of the second half yeah, too. So, off a feed from the big rig, I believe. Correct. So, so Loren <laughs> has gotten better. She was my comeback player of the year. You know, she broke her leg early on, but she's gotten better. So she she's going to be number two. For me this week, okay. Um, at the way she played. Hey, we're close so far. Yeah, close. and but we're right on with number one. The clamp, you know, the clancy. Uh, that's clamp. her name. That's her yeah. new name. The clamp. And the the funny thing is, is that <laughs> when I, you know, after I left Cortland, I went to um, 
to UMass, right? And in the first hour, the first person I run into is Leah Gallagher, who's the coach at all, the assistant coach at Albany, mm-hmm. right? And um, and the first thing she says to me is, "Oh my God, did you see Clancy lock down Choma?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "What do you mean? Did I see it? They, I was right there, you know." Leah. It was my strategy. <laughs> what are you talking and, about? Um, and she goes, <clears throat> "You know, I am so happy." She goes, "Anytime in the next four years at Albany that we are going to face guard someone, she that's going to be her job." It has to text mm-hmm. textbook, brother. So she did a great job. She's my number one as well. Um, I'm going to miss her so much. Um, the whole senior class, uh, I'm going to miss. You know, and I, I told them all that. You know, big things are to come for them going forward. And, you know, and you know what they said to me is big things are coming for Canandaigua lacrosse. So, you know, they, you know, they just lost a tough game, right? You know, heartbreaker their senior year. Yeah. And, and they're telling me, hey, you know, Canandaigua lacrosse is going to be, you know, the future is bright here. So, you know, for those seniors in general to, um, to have that attitude is speaks wonders about them because now you know they're not thinking about themselves they're thinking about what's coming in underneath them and the you know the sustainability of of Canandaigua lacrosse. So it's a mindset and it's a culture and you had a lot to do with that because you're, you're it all starts at the top. Culture starts with coaching and they are very team oriented. They have nothing but love for each other. I asked Quinn Tallman during that interview that I did live before you guys took off. Um, you know, what she would like to tell all the fans. And normally that's where they say, oh, go Braves, everybody come out. She said, I just want everybody to know I love my teammates more than anybody in the world. And that is very indicative of what what you and Canandaigua had going. And if anybody wants to call me a homer, I'm okay with that because (laughs) you know what? I am. I'm not Jay Billis. I'm right. not uh, Vital. I'm not that bad of a homer, but uh, I'm okay right. with it. And I just want to one more time give a shout out to Fairport Hots, your sponsor, FLX Software, and uh, Keith's Finger Lakes Handyman Services for sponsoring the podcast. All right. Well, thank you for all the sponsors. <laughs> Next week, um, it looks like we're going to go into. We'll stay with some Section Five because I know we got a Senior All Star Game coming up, and we'll talk about that. The we Herb also Fitch have, on Thursday. Yeah, we're going to have some All Greater Rochester selections coming out. Yeah, um, that we can talk about, and then we're going to go right into club lacrosse for the remainder of the summer and um, talk about, you know, here in Rochester, we have Monster Lacrosse, of course, and we have Relentless Hustle. We have Common Goal. We have FCA. Uh, there may be a couple others I don't know about, but that's that's the agenda going forward. We're going to, you know, transition from right high school rock stars to, to club rock, uh, rock stars, girls lacrosse. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you all next Monday. Yep. And we'll have another tournament in club lacrosse under our belt after this weekend. I believe a lot of teams are going to live, love, lax down in, uh, in Maryland. So we'll see everyone next week. Do your best to be your best. See ya. See ya. Rock stars. Rock stars, girls lacrosse. Rock stars, girls lacrosse. The Rock Stars Girls Lacrosse Show with hosts Ronnie Davis and Craig Spazman Simmons.